Hi everyone. Thank you for choosing to get in the slow. Today I am so excited to share this episode with you all as we speak about apotherapy and bee venom therapy known as BVT and the profound healing the bees can bring us especially to treat chronic inflammatory diseases. Now, BVT has been around since ancient Egyptian times and is still commonly used today in areas such as China and in Eastern Europe. However, now with Lyme disease on the rise here in the western side of the world, we are slowly starting to see it seep into the spotlight, and for good reason. BVT not only treats Lyme disease, but we are learning it is a powerful modality for many chronic illnesses such as Parkinson's, cancer, Alzheimer's, and more. Although the science has always been around since ancient times, we, the western side of the world, were maybe not so ready to see this as a practical solution. However, now we are starting to see it might just be. And that's why I am so excited to have Sarah Rosetto on to discuss her journey navigating Lyme disease as well as her success with BVT. Sarah Rosetto is a holistic nutritionist and founder of Rose Wellness, an online platform sharing recipes, tools, resources for deep healing. Sarah shares her personal ongoing healing journey with Lyme disease, including her experience with BVT, the bee venom therapy so far. Her goal is to inspire and help others navigate the world of mind, body, soul healing, and to provide hope for those going through a similar situation. Because at the end of the day, no matter how unique our situation is, we are never alone. Without further ado, please welcome to the show, Sarah Rosetto. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for getting in the slow with us today. I've been really excited to have you on because I just want to hear all about your healing journey. So thank you so much for agreeing to be here with us today. Hi, Marina. Thank you so much for having me. To start off, do you mind giving everyone kind of a background story about yourself? So how long have you had Lyme disease? When were you diagnosed? Did you experience any co-infections and what stages of symptoms did you go through with the Lyme? Sure. Um, I'm not actually sure of the exact day like that I contracted Lyme. Um, I didn't have the classic like bullseye rash that you hear about a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also grew up in the country, so I was always covered in bites. <laughs> I mean, it could have been when I was younger, I had a lot of the childhood symptoms as well. So my doctor um, thinks that it could have been since I was a kid. Um, and it's funny because Lyme is like that. Like you, it can't, your immune system can keep it under wraps for like years and years um, without it causing any major issues. And then if you sort of experience a stressor in your life, it can be emotional, um, physical, like an illness or even um, childbirth or or like an injury or something like that, you can experience like a flare of symptoms. Um, so it usually takes people, I think the, the approximation is like 10 years it takes for people to get diagnosed with Lyme um, because it also just imitates so many other illnesses. So that was true for me as well. It took years and years to sort of piece together what was happening to me. And it took a really big crash for me to finally like take it seriously and um or sorry take Lyme seriously and like get get properly tested yeah yeah I know because it's so I don't know if you've heard but like the Lyme denial like it's so true I was reading a book about it and it was like the first thing when you find out you have it or you think you have it either people are like get me to the hospital I want to know or other people like no I don't have Lyme I don't have Lyme I don't have Lyme and they push it off for years yeah for me the denial was just um, I think because I had seen so many doctors that were like, no, it's not Lyme. It's, it's this or it's this or um, it's definitely not Lyme. So in my head, I'm like, okay, it's not. <laughs> and there's also, it presents so differently in every single person based on like what your co-infections are. So if you Google Lyme, like for me, my impression of Lyme was like a lot of pain, like so much pain. And that wasn't my, those weren't my main symptoms. So I just kind of brushed it off. Right. Too. 
what were your symptoms like the most? Like, what were the biggest setbacks for you? Um, oh man, <laughs> it's hard to even get into because I feel, I feel like the worst part of that is over for me. So it's like hard to um, go back and talk about it. But uh, it really affected my heart and my nervous system. Um, so I had something called SVT. So my heart would start racing to like 180, 190 and, and stay there for like one to two hours. Um, and I would constantly, you know, have to go to the ER. And then I ended up having a heart surgery to fix that. Um, and that's when I crashed really hard and then went on to get tested for Lyme. But before that, I mean, I always had trouble in school. So I did have a lot of the cognitive um, issues. I was diagnosed with like a learning disability and ADD, um, which I know is related to Lyme because it kind of like comes and goes. Yeah. Um, and just not being able to concentrate or retain any information. And I also was diagnosed with autoimmune hyperthyroidism, which is called Graves disease. And I, I was diagnosed when I was 13, which is so young. Wow. Um, so that's why I think that I've had Lyme for a while because it can also, it can turn on these like autoimmune conditions. Yeah, I'm not sure because what it, what now that more and more research is coming out, it's almost like it's, like you said, like it's in our body already mm-hmm. and then it's triggered somehow. It's almost like, you know, how cancer cells are already in our body and then they get yeah. triggered. Like that's what it is. It's like, I wonder if the t- if it's something in us already and then the tick, it's not actually the tick isn't giving us something. It's just kind of triggering. It turns some, some things on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think it's carrying, carrying things, but I think like, it can just hang out in your body for a long time and cause these issues sort of that aren't a huge big deal until they are later on in your life. So it could, I mean, there's people that have Lyme that can, um, you know, can go in and out of remission and um, they can live like pretty normal lives. It's so different for every person, like the severity of symptoms and, and stuff. Definitely. Yeah. And I know like, cause I got mine actually before I even went traveling. So I got it. Um, a year ago now or a bit over a year ago at my dad's place before I was leaving and I noticed like a bite on the back kind of like same with you it wasn't a bullseye or anything it was just like a red weird mark and I was like oh you know skin's weird I'm not gonna like think about it too much I leave in three days <laughs> and then I just ended up like I felt fine I did like almost my whole travels was fine I felt like pretty tired and was just like oh you know I'm doing physical work I'm probably just out of shape yeah but then it would just get worse and worse and worse and like to the point like you're saying you can't ignore it anymore and you're like hey yeah. I have to go to a hospital because I don't think I'll wake up tomorrow yeah it's not so weird that it does that it, like literally makes you feel like you're dying I don't know what it is about it but yeah, well, like, it almost feels like your whole body is just shutting down. Like, you can yeah. almost feel, like, every organ, like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when did you, when were you diagnosed? So I got diagnosed, actually, in Denmark. I was really lucky because I've heard so many people, it takes them forever to get properly diagnosed. Um, yeah. But I was in New Zealand. That's when it was really bad, and I went to the hospital, and they said, um, no, you just have severe back pain. Like, don't worry about it. And I was like, no. Like, I know this is not just severe back pain. And I was lying in my bed that night being like, what am I going to do? Because I honestly, like, am so scared for my life right now. So I got myself on a plane to Denmark because that's where I was. Um, I started my travels at the first time. And I just, like, had a really great experience, had a really great community um, yeah. for myself there. And I knew that, like, for some odd reason, I just like had that gut feeling. I was like, I have to go because I know mm-hmm. there's the answer there for me. I went, got off the plane, and then was in the hospital the next day. They did a spinal tap. They're like, yep, you have Lyme. And then oh. I was on antibiotics. Um, but like I'm still – I don't know if I still ha- like have it in my system or if it's like the Lyme mm-hmm. shadow, yeah. you know, that like ghost Lyme afterwards. Yeah. Always talk about, so I don't know if it's either or, and I'm like, I just want to know that's out of my system. Mm-hmm. that's great that you got tested so quickly and that it was positive I know like the longer that you have Lyme the like less likely that you'll even test positive for for most of these tests that are available right now because your immune system isn't like producing the antibodies that show up on the test oh um, really I thought it would be I thought it would be worse because it's like oh yeah it's everywhere think, but yeah. <laughs> it, yeah no Oh my gosh, it's such a, all the stories that I've heard, it's actually, it's so devastating to know how long that people go with, mm-hmm. with not is, But it's also so confusing. Like, I don't think that I, if I was a doctor, I would, my, you know, if I was 
seeing all these patients with like varying degrees of symptoms, like your immediate thought isn't like one disease, you know? No. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. It's kind of just like this umbrella and everyone can fall under it. Yeah. And there's just so little that we know about it too right now. Yeah. It's just, hopefully this year we'll just, uh, it seems like, I know like um, now that Justin Bieber has come out with it, I'm hoping that like it will really get that attention. I think so. That it deserves because now, you know, like Avril Lavigne, Shania Twain, Justin Bieber, like all of these people are starting to like, hopefully it creates Mm -hmm. an awareness. And it is so common now too. Yeah. Let's move on to BVT. (laughs) And (laughs) how did you come across BVT? (laughs) You know, I can't remember exactly. So I was in, I was like deep into my protocol. I was on like antibiotics and herbals and antivirals and all that stuff and it was really working for me but then that was when I found bee venom therapy and as soon as I read about it I'm pretty sure I heard about it like from someone on Instagram to be honest okay um and then I mean you can just do a quick google search and like Ellie LaBelle's name will come up and you can hear her about her story and um and then there's studies and you can hear about all of the amazing healing stories of, of so many other people and as soon as I read those I'm like 100% I'm doing this like I don't know at what point in my life but I don't just want to go into remission I want to fully heal like I'm so over <laughs> dealing with health issues and doctor's appointments like I just want to get this over with and I made the decision like that day and I haven't I didn't even really give it much thought <laughs> even when starting I just kind of went for it amazing yeah it was kind of a no-brainer for me yeah, you just felt it like, I know for a lot of people, you know, it just like it resonates or it doesn't resonate. Like some people are like, hell no, that's not for me. Or like, there's a lot of stigma around it, right? Like they're like, how are the bee stings going to cure me? Like there's just that, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of um, resistance. Whereas like some people are like, absolutely like 100% undoing it. Of course, like no, <laughs> no one wants to sting themselves with like 30 bees a week. Um, that's not fun. But compared to what I was like before, like I was bedridden I couldn't do anything like I had lost like pretty much full function in my body and Mm -hmm. and my mind and at that point you like you'll do anything to get your health back and I'm only now this is my seventh month into it and it's been like completely life-changing like I wouldn't be able to have this conversation with you right now wow that's amazing that's so hopeful for so many other people out there that's just incredible and it worked so quickly for me too like I was expecting improvements maybe like a year into it and around like two and a half to three months like I had this complete switch in my body it felt like my whole immune system turned on I can't really describe the feeling but all of a sudden like I could sleep through the night and I could feel my body like healing and I had what was called like the honeymoon phase so you get a glimpse of what your life will be like after you're sick right so many things and it was amazing (laughs) um but it can happen that quickly too Wow. Oh, that's actually, that's really exciting. Cause I thought I was thinking similar to you, like, oh, uh, people, I hear many people's stories, like, oh, I've been doing it for a year. And I'm like, okay, so is this going to take like a year to do? But um, that's really hopeful that you've had such success already. Yeah, it does take two and a half to three years to completely like get rid of it. You don't want to stop any sooner than that. Um, in case there's any like leftover in your body and yeah yeah you just want to really make sure you've yeah Yeah. you've got it all improvements can start so early on and it's it's amazing yeah (laughs) so the actual so the protocol is that we do um 10 stings three times a week so i do it monday wednesday and friday um morning and yeah and so there's it's there's a component of bee venom called melatonin makes up I think around like 50% of the bee venom and um, it's a peptide that is antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal, antiparasitic, and anti-tumor. So it like actually has been shown to shrink tumors too. So it does it all and there's a really amazing study that it's shown even in pictures the effectiveness of bee venom on the Lyme bacteria versus the effectiveness of antibiotics on Lyme and it's I mean, it's like night and day. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. that's, that's insane. And it's so interesting too, because I've, for me personally, um, when I heard about like the, everyone's like, you need to be doing the IVs, you need to da, 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 da. I, I just, it did not resonate with me. I was like, absolutely not. Just like you, like I have so much trauma around spending like 
a lot of my life in hospitals and like doctors and everything I was like it's just not for me and like I'm, I'm not doing it so it's um you're right it just seems like you're kind of going in and out all the time it's not it's not like um it's not a cure yeah. it's just a, it's kind of like a band-aid and you know it's it's okay for people to do that like it, I I think it takes a lot of people to go through all of these, you know, trying everything that they can until they get to a point where like nothing is working. Now I have to do B venom. Right. Um, so it's okay. Like what, like at whatever stage you're at, if it, it's okay that you don't do B venom right off the bat, as soon as you're diagnosed with Lyme, like it is mentally and physically tough to, to do. And so you really want to be ready <laughs> and committed to it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so when you read about BVT for the first time and you knew that you wanted to do it right away, how did you go about that? Because I know there's so much to think about, like, am I allergic to bees? Am I, have I had all the right tests before I just go out and get bees and sting myself? What was kind of like, how did you get into it? How did you get your mom on board to sting you? Yeah, I was terrified. Uh, I don't think I've, oh no, I have been stung by a bee and I was fine. So I knew that I wasn't allergic and I mean, I was so lucky that my family doctor was also on board with this. Like, I went to him and told him, like, I didn't even ask him. I just told him, like, this is what I'm doing. Here's the study if you want to look at it. He took the time to look at it, was so supportive of it, like, wrote me a prescription for my EpiPen. And he's like, I'm so excited to see you get better. And so then I can tell other people about this. Wow. And that's so rare for... That is so rare. So you have a really great doctor supporting you. Yeah, really yeah. great doctor. My natural or my doctor, my Lyme doctor that I see in New York, um, that was treating me originally. I told her about it, and she was very supportive of it as well. Um, and my family, like, my mom's into this, like, alternative health stuff. But my dad and my brother, like, could not be <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> so opposite. But they saw how sick I was, and they're like, you just have to do what you have to do to get better and um they trusted that I have done my research and you know it wasn't it's not even a thing now like <laughs> no it's yeah just, it's like look at you now <laughs> so they can't they can't say anything <laughs> yeah no, they're, they're really supportive of it too and they've been telling everyone <laughs> oh that's amazing yeah. yeah because well I'm curious when you do you know if someone did type in BVT into Google there are stories as well when people have been like oh woman dies after bvt so would you have any advice to people who are you know going online to google it um kind of what's uh some good resources yeah well the first thing i would say is don't just read the headlines like take a look and actually read the articles and like the ones that are saying like this person died of an from bee venom therapy it was because she didn't have an epipen or it was because the EpiPen was expired or some, something like that. And, and we always make sure we have like every safety measure in place. Like I have Benadryl and EpiPen and my cell phone near me for the first two hours after singing. And I mean, take a look at all the people that are um, like beekeepers. They get stung constantly and they're fine. Like if you talk to them, like they've been doing it for, I don't know, like 50 years and they've never like seen anyone go into anaphylaxis or heard of that. It's, it's rare to have an actual allergy to bees. I mean, even in the bee venom groups, like the people that do experience anaphylaxis, it's so small. And it's because they stopped doing it. They stopped for like five or six months and then they went and restarted, which you can't do for Lyme. Like there's something about the Lyme bacteria that changes the chemistry of your body to then reject the venom, if that makes sense. So you want to make sure that you're doing bee venom for the full three year, two to three years. Yeah, no, that does make sense. And what I, what I was thinking too is I think what my fear was is like my mom actually is allergic to bees. So I was okay. wondering if that gets passed down in whatever way, but I was actually stung while in New Zealand and I seem to be fine. So I think mm -hmm. I know now that I wouldn't be right yeah you wouldn't be and you you always do a testing first so you just um you sting in your like mid mid section of your back and then you immediately take the stinger out and then you wait 30 minutes oh okay do you have to go did you have to do any other tests for like mold or any toxicities inside of you as well because i've heard that those are triggers so yeah um so i think that i've done every single test available yeah. in canada and ones that it, like aren't even in Canada like from the states and stuff 
I've seen every like naturopath. I've done like hair testing. I've done, um, yeah, I've done the, the mold testing and I did have high amounts of it in my body, but I think that was from like a previous exposure. And I mean, all I'm doing for that is like going in the sauna and taking charcoal and I'm able to still do bee venom. Like, I don't think that it's, you'll hear like conflicting views, like treat molds before starting bee venom. But I was at a place where like I needed to do something and like going in the sauna wasn't enough for me. I needed like, I needed to, you know, I'm under control and now I can, I'm able to like do both and I've been fine. Oh, amazing. So where do you get the bees? I know that you've told me this, but for our listeners, what's the process for that? I get them. There's the sweetest man named Ed from Bee Wise Honey in Niagara. And he's the beekeeper and he supplies people in the area with bees to do this. You get like a little bee house and you bring it to him and he fills them with bees <laughs> and then you keep them in your house. And he's actually opening up the first apotherapy clinic in Canada um, um, I think he he said in the spring but so spring or summer and so he's building like a separate clinic and he'll treat people with Lyme and then all the other things that bee venom is good for as well which is really exciting that is really exciting because I know that there's a few opening up like there has been ones opened up in the state so I was just wondering mm-hmm. when it was going to come so there it is that's exciting and, and he has like doctors from Germany and China that come to you know train train people how to do it properly and are kind of running running it as well so wow that's so exciting just because you know Lyme is so big now and it's only going to keep increasing so this Mm -hmm. and I think that people really want a place to go to do this like part of the reason why it's so scary is that you have to do it on your own and you don't feel like you have a lot of support minus like the Facebook groups yeah Um, which I personally like um, but I know when starting out that could sort of turn people against doing it um, because they don't feel like they have that support and it is kind of scary to start absolutely yeah. I'm yeah you're very brave because it is um, definitely I mean not just one sting <laughs> it's no. 10 you said right yeah yeah how did your mom learn to do this for you I think it's just <laughs> time and patience and it's not hard to keep the bees they're just in a little house and you feed them with honey every day pretty much it and then I mean you just catch the hardest part is like catching the bees on the tweezer it's not too difficult like you just do 10 on either side of your spine Mm -hmm. um, like an inch apart and yeah it's just it's really easy once you get into it it's freaky at first but okay so so is there like certain spots that you know on the back of your spine that you need to sting like did you watch videos or anything or did you just kind of trial and error it yeah there's um there's a visual um, of it. And if you go on like uh, Healing Lyme with Bee Venom and Bee Venom Therapy for Lyme Disease, those are the two Facebook groups. They have all the files that um, teach you how to do it and some videos too. But yeah, you start off kind of staying in the middle of your back and then eventually you go a little bit higher and a little bit lower. Um, and you alternate like top and bottom each um, sting session. Ah, okay. Do you mind sharing the links after? And I'll put those in the show notes for everyone listening. Amazing. (laughs) So can you clarify the difference between BBT and other apotherapy products? So like the honey, the pollens, the jellies, and the difference between the BBT sting and the topical form like creams that you can get? Right, sure. So I'll start with the bee venom. It does come in different forms. Like you'll hear of people buying these like injections, which is like the dry version of of the bee venom um so they don't actually have to use the live bee but it's just not as potent and you want to get like the full benefit of the venom so yeah the the anyone doing injections i would stay away from bee venom in like topically um i know they have it in some creams and i think it's just like superficially for like your skin um i know it's used to like tighten skin i know it's used like some Facialists like use it as a treatment, um, but it's not, you know, going into your bloodstream and becoming like yeah, not into the nervous system. Not, it's not deep yeah. enough. It's not yeah. deep enough, um, and it's not enough. Like you want, like you need the amount that comes from the ten bees. Propolis is probably my most favorite <laughs> of all the hive products. It's so cool. Once you start learning about bees, like they're so amazing. <laughs> all these products from the hive and. I, they don't replace bee venom, but it's really great to to do all of them together. Propolis is considered like an, uh, the natural form of like an antibiotic. 
So it's actually like the bees will collect resin and oils from like trees and plants. And then that's what they use to make this. So it's used as like a glue to kind of hold the hive together. And then also as like sort of an external immune system for the bees. So it'll protect them against because antibacterial, antiviral, anti-inflammatory, immune modulating. So it just protects the whole hive. They don't actually eat it or anything. It's sort of just like the glue. It's like the brown sticky stuff that you see. Right. Um, and it prevents the hive from like rotting and and water damage and stuff like that. So for humans, we use that. It can come in like a tincture or a spray. And you hear people using that when they're sick and they have like a th- something in their throat like uh, or a cold or something. So yeah, it's really great for that. Yeah. So would you find the tincture, is it stronger than a, like, in, um, take it in a honey or gelatin form? Um, yeah, I would say the tincture and the spray, the spray from Beekeepers Naturals is really amazing. Yeah. Um, and the tinctures you can usually get from like local beekeepers as well. Yeah. And then bee pollen. So if propolis is like considered nature's like antibiotic, bee pollen is considered nature's um, multivitamin. So it has tons of like B vitamins and protein and it's basically like a complete like food. It's very nutrient dense. Yeah. So it's sprinkle it. How do you incorporate that into your meals? Would you say? Um, so you want to start off really slowly. Um, so like with what little, literally like one little grain of bee pollen and then so like you can put it in on a spoon with some honey and just eat it like that. Mm-hmm. You don't really want to like cook with it or anything cause it'll, kill like away its nutrients yeah yeah um people put it on smoothies like smoothie bowls you'll see a yeah, lot just of that like sprinkle <laughs> it on yeah i've seen that yeah and then what else honey i mean yeah honey is amazing i you know something that i just learned recently um that i've been doing is having like one to two teaspoons of honey before bed and it actually increases like the um glycogen stores in your liver so that when you're sleeping you're getting enough um glucose to your brain so a lot of people wake up in the middle of the night when their blood sugar drops so this actually prevents that from happening oh that's such a neat trick and i think it's really interesting because when i don't know i just find back in the day they would always have honey in their tea like at night you know yeah and it's like we just kind of lose those traditions over time but there's a reason why people used to do the things they did yeah i remember like my my nana when we were younger like anytime we'd get sick she'd make us like eat a spoonful of honey and she make like fresh carrot juice and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yummy. So what foods do you find are really helpful and nourishing for you? And like what foods do you really stay away from? And like kind of what supplements are you taking? What's your, what's your non-negotiable protocol? <laughs> well, it's honestly, it changes all the time because when I first started this, like I was, I was reacting to so many foods that I was down to eating like four or five foods. Um, which is just like chicken and broccoli and sweet potato and um <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah so that was my diet for for a very long time and i actually started doing oh antihistamine or low oh histamine. yeah the yeah the low histamine diet yeah so i started doing that before i even did bee venom therapy because i read i mean i learned about like mast cell issues and that was totally what i was dealing with too and so i cut out I mean, at the time, like I was eating, you know, healthy food. So like sauerkraut, bone broth, avocado, yeah, egg, like all these things that are so healthy for you. And I was reacting so poorly They're to like them. The, all I, the triggers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like bone broth. Like I'm trying to heal my gut. Um, why yeah. is this making me feel so terrible? And so I think that's also a good example of like how one person's medicine is like another person's nightmare. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so even with healthy foods, like just really listening to your body um, to see how you feel. And now I am on a low histamine diet, but I can eat a lot more foods. Like I can eat grains again. I can eat a lot of fruits, vegetables, and then I eat like really high quality meat. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much yeah. my diet right now. Okay. Do you find like, um, it's really interesting because so many people ask me like, oh, are you vegan? Are you vegetarian? I was like, honestly, I need to eat meat. My body needs it. And like, I don't know about you, but for Lyme, like because our nervous system is so shaky already, it's like we almost need it to stay grounded. I know that if I cut it out for a long time, like I don't try to have it all the time, but I do need it because if I don't, then my nervous system is just like crazy. 
I don't know if you find that too. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I was vegan for like vegan vegetarian for a number of years. Like I don't enjoy eating meat, but now like even when my adrenals were so bad, I was eating like salmon for breakfast and like chicken. Um, and everyone's like, you're so weird. I was like, I got to, there's nothing else. <laughs> have to. I was eating meat three times a day, um, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Cause I had to at one point and now I can eat it less, but I still need to eat it like every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, and I, I hear that a lot with people so with Lyme and like healing too. It's like, it's, they need that. Your body really needs it. It's so true. And it's so interesting how like everything I thought, like, just like you were saying, saying everything I thought was so good for me was literally like the worst thing I could be doing. I was like, Oh my God. Cause it's going through that, right. You're going through like the autoimmune paleo diet and the <laughs> histamine diet and the low FUMAP diet and like just every diet possible out there. And it's like really just having to listen to your body. Yeah. And be like, does this work? Does this sit well? And yes or no. But with the bee venom, do you find your allergies have gone away? Cause I know you've incorporated more food now. So do you think that those two are going hand in hand? Yeah, for sure. I even think, well, my, my, my stomach has been the best it's been probably in my entire life. Um, oh, wow. the therapy and, um, even my allergies, like hay fever, like in last, uh, I usually get it really bad in August and I didn't have any allergies this August, um, which is wow. the first year ever. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it helps. I also think like just when your body is not super stressed from being so sick all the time like you're actually able to digest things and absorb your nutrients properly and if you're sleeping better like stress and sleep are huge for digestion so the fact that now those are happening for me because of the bee venom um additionally my digestion is getting better yeah definitely it's so interesting too like I know that um you know Lisa right life by Lise oh yeah yeah because I had a session with her um, and she was the one that told me, she was like, after seeing so many practitioners, she was like, Marina, your trace minerals, like, if you don't have those, anything healthy that you're eating is not working, like nothing uh-huh. is being absorbed. And I was like, are you, like, no one's told me this. So I started incorporating trace minerals and that was literally like life changing for me. Mm-hmm. It's insane how the smallest things, so, like, you're right, nothing, we can do all the things. And if like the basics, the foundations aren't happening, then like it doesn't, nothing's being absorbed. Yeah. And it's kind of just a guessing game. Like everyone is so different. Um, and it just takes like a lot of time and trial and error, which I think is fine. Like everyone needs to kind of go through that in order to figure out what's best for them. You can't just read about a diet, do it and expect it to work for you. You have to try it all. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like also sticking with it long enough to know if it is working yeah. or not. Not doing like two days and be like, oh, it's not, not working. <laughs> and I also think like the upside to it, I mean, it's great that we're able to to know our bodies so intimately at such a young age. Like, we'll have these tools for the rest of our lives, which um, I know many people don't have that yet, you know? It's Um, so true. Like, do you find it's really like, yeah, it's of course, it strengthens your intuition, like yourself, like you're really able to tune in and be like, does this work for me? Does this not? Like, um, what's going on? Because our bodies are so sensitive, we can get like immediate feedback. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. With so many things too, which is a, it's a good thing and a and a hard thing as well. Like you know, lights and electronics and noises and all that. Just being like everything's just so heightened. But for detoxifying, because you said you were doing the sauna, do you find you're doing anything else? Are you doing the sauna? You're doing the charcoal. What else are you doing to kind of detoxify yourself? I don't do charcoal like too often because I know it can pull, you know, vitamins and minerals from even your food. So I do that maybe one to two times a week. Um, Sauna, I used to do all the time. And now um, I just feel like it's a little bit too much for me, like the heat. Um, And so I do it maybe one to two times a week. And I do dry brushing like every day. Um, I really focus on like my lymphatic system. So I do rebounding. I have like a little trampoline. Um, So I do that every day. And even just like walking and stretching and just drinking a lot of water, like it doesn't need to be so extreme. Um, The detoxing, because even with that, you can overdo it. Um, So with that too, it's like listening to your body. Um, Oh, castor oil packs are amazing. Have you tried those? I have tried um this is actually like before I even knew I had Lyme I was kind of trying them but like 
I only, I just, I couldn't stick with it because it was so oily, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to drink it too. Like I was just trying so many just things to, because like for me, like um, the, well, for everyone, like constipation with Lyme yeah. is such a big thing, but like that's always been like since I was like five, I've been on like tr- different kind of laxatives and all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's when I really got into the castor packs, but you, castor oil packs, but you find that's really helpful, you're saying? Yeah. If you do it like over your liver too. It just helps to detox your liver. And yeah, like you said, it helps with um, constipation. And recently what I've been adding in are colonics. And I just started doing coffee enemas. I, I resisted those for like a year. No, me too. I think they're so weird, but they're helpful. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because I don't know, it's just not something that you're used to doing. And again, it's, it's like the resistance to it. Um, but then after a couple of times of doing it, it's like, it feels like the best thing ever and it just becomes part of your routine yeah so how often do you do those now what they say like what happens with the coffee enema is that you get it near the like one of the veins in your in your colon that leads to the liver and so it kind of cleanses your liver and it increases glutathione production by a lot um which glutathione is so important um for detoxing so yeah that's 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 why they're so great. Um, I, I've only been doing, I've only done maybe four and you kind of start off slow, like with anything else. I'm not able to hold it for like the full, the full um, 12 minutes. So I'll hold it for like three or four minutes and then like slowly building up. Right. No, that's great. And that's great. You're finding help with it because I know I did clonics for the longest time and it's just really expensive too. Mm-hmm. It's not um, something you want to keep doing. So it's nice that you yeah. can do it in the comfort of your own home. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many things that you can do that aren't expensive. You, I know you hear like so many people with Lyme that they spend like thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars like doing like lymphatic massages and all these IVs and, and you know, it's, it gets, not everyone is able to afford to do that. And, but that doesn't mean that you won't be able to get better. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, what are the methods, like the helpful methods that we can do yeah. from our homes that mm-hmm. are just as effective. Yeah. And that's a really good note for any Limeys out there listening. <laughs> um, so on a mind level, how did Lyme affect you like mentally? So you had the brain fog. Did you have any migraines or any other? Um, have you gone through like, for me, it's a really been depression, I think. For a lot of it um, and I don't know if you've experienced that as well yeah definitely um, yeah like like I said it's been I, I don't know when I got Lyme originally but for as long as I can remember my life has looked like a series of just ups and downs um, and each sort of time that I have hit rock bottom or felt that I've had a crash um, I get physical symptoms along with the mental um, so yeah, that looks like depression, anxiety, um, panic attacks, migraine. I, I don't normally get headaches and this last crash that I had, I was getting migraines like so bad. I need to just lie in bed with the blind shut and like an ice pack over my eyes and I would just cry until it like kind of subsided, but it was terrible. <laughs> uh, I feel so bad for anyone that deals with those on a regular basis. I don't get them anymore. Um, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's true because you just can't do anything. Like really, you're just in agony. Yeah, and my ability to concentrate, um, and like you mentioned before, like this overstimulation um, or oversensitivity to light and sound. Like I, I hated being outside because it was so bright. Like I didn't. I stopped enjoying listening to music or any noise. Like having a conversation was too much for me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't really participate in any conversations. Like and any sense or anything like the whole world just felt like it was too much and I just needed to be in a dark like cold room yeah (laughs) Um, oh my gosh yeah and how hard has that been like for you for friends and family wise because it's really um it's heartbreaking how it changes your relationships to be honest and you just go to feel so isolated like how did you have any like mindfulness practices that you really stuck to to get through it yeah I mean I sort of isolated myself even before I knew I had Lyme because I just stopped wanting to socialize or I just stopped being able to do a lot like it was really hard for me to even keep up like day-to-day stuff and I didn't have a reason for it like this was before I knew it was Lyme. Like I didn't know what to tell people and I 
hated that I kept making excuses and having to cancel and and people ask me what's wrong I'm like I don't know <laughs> so I just yeah I just isolated myself a lot I mean I lost <laughs> this happened like all last year but I, I lost my ability to go to work um, I had to stop going to school I lost yeah my social life and my relationship ended at the same time and then also the my body <laughs> like I lost the ability to function yeah and that was really that was probably the hardest part of all of this was to grieve like the loss of everything else <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah like ha- ha- grieving the loss of everything else that happened because of it like it, it completely I was at absolutely like rock bottom when I started bee venom therapy um and yeah I it was a lot of grieving and like grieving lost time and opportunities <laughs> and, yeah um but I mean it was amazing like and, and I think bee venom helped a lot with that and this is like across the board people are are experiencing this but like this emotional dumping that happens when you're doing bee venom therapy like it's like the first like two months nonstop, I was like sobbing I mm-hmm. and, and it, like at the from the deepest part of me it was and I would wouldn't even know why um but yeah I guess it was just helping me to grieve and process everything and it was so beautiful I'd be in like the sauna just crying and I'm like and then I you feel so much better after. yeah just such an emotional release and then I don't know I've really heard Lyme is like the soul disease because like you are just everyone that gets it has just it's kind of like a sign that you're really off course somewhere in your life almost and it's like almost becomes a blessing because it puts you on the path of what you're supposed to do here on this on this beautiful planet and you are a healer and as devastating in the in the struggles that all of it comes with it's like now you are in a place where you're going to help so many people and it's like these experience or we're releasing all of this to be more light to be lighter yeah. people yeah 100 and I and I knew even when it was like really dark and I was going through like the hardest part I'm like I know that this is for a reason and like this is a gift and I could see that the entire time yeah. um and I you know <laughs> even though you can see that like for some reason I was still holding on trying to hold on to my old life like I was trying really hard um, I didn't want to stop work. I didn't want to quit school again, like for the millionth time. Like I just, I wanted, really wanted to push through it and, you know, hold on to, I didn't want to have another crash. And yeah, the universe is like, nah, <laughs> we're going to give you the biggest one ever. <laughs> um, and it's, it, it has been such a, a gift. And I think that that's the only way to get through this too, is like to see all of the amazing things that it gives you. Yeah. And just like you were saying before, like you build a stronger connection with yourself, your intuition, your body, your your mind is in the healthiest, will be in the healthiest state now because you you are learning how to maintain all of these and you'll never want to go off course again. Yeah. And how many people get an opportunity at our age to start completely fresh? Like I get to choose everything now that I want um like it's just a complete blank slate it's kind of scary at the same time because I'm going through that too I'm just kind of like where do I want to be where do I want to live everything is just so open like you're you're right it's complete clean slate um so it's almost like so much openness that you're like whoa I can see all the possibilities and kind of like what you're saying your honeymoon phase right you probably saw like so many things now that you could do now that you're healing it's like you are now a nutritionist I had to take a bunch of breaks in between but um yeah I, I wrote my exam and graduated like a few months ago congratulations yeah <laughs> it was a lot more difficult than I expected um just yeah I've had I had like two surgeries in between that time and and yeah a breakup and having to move back home with my parents and doing t- starting two Lyme treatments and a lot of things have happened outside of that and yeah it's it's amazing and I have that title now and I can work with people but honestly, the majority of my knowledge has come or yeah, like what I've learned has come from personal experience. Yeah. To help other people like now that I've experienced such lows, like I can I can have D 
deeper compassion and understanding for people that are going through something really difficult. And because I've navigated it myself, like I feel more confident in being able to help other people navigate that as well. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, you have to be able, have had to walk the path to really have perspective and and give advice because it's hard when someone hasn't gone through it and they're trying to tell you like no but you'll never know how I feel so it's really yeah you you can be like no I've been there and I know we need those people to identify with like yeah to help the subconscious expand be like I can do that too oh exactly and like that's the reason why I want to share this too is because I know how much those stories have helped me in healing um just knowing that it's possible um and I want to I want to be that for, for other people. And it's sort of like my way to um, pay it forward and for every, everyone that's helped me along the way. And yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's like this whole thing. Like if, if you think that it's possible, then your you know, your, your body starts to kind of follow suit. Um, and that's been one of the biggest parts about healing for me is mindset um, and doing so much work around that. And just having like this very strong, deep belief that I am healing and I will, I will heal. And I think that you, if you're on this path, like there's no other way you need, you need that, you need that. (laughs) Absolutely. I completely agree with you that like you every day, you have to tell yourself like you are not lying. Like you don't define yourself with lying. Like it's not, it's not a part of you or anything. It's, it's really taking that and being like, I will absolutely 100% heal. And, you know, like people, I mean, I've heard other people and even like my dad or my family, like, I don't know how you do it. You're so strong. Like so many people wouldn't be able to do that. Or I'll talk to people that are thinking about being better. I'm like, oh, I I can't do that. Like, I don't think I'm strong enough. And you are. (laughs) Yeah. When push comes to shove and you don't have anything else, you'll try anything. Yeah. And it's like, like, I'm not... I'm not any different. I have to work on this every single day. Like this, this attitude, um, it doesn't come easy. And like, if I can do it, you can do it too. Like anyone can. Um, and I really want people to, to believe that. And, and you, yeah, you really don't know what you're capable of or how strong you are until you're in that, that really hard space. Like you're it, it, kind of like your survival instincts turn on and yeah. Looking back, I'm like, wow, I don't even know how I got through that, but it, it happened. Yeah, it's the fight or flight. It's like, I want to survive. Like, let's do this. Yeah. yeah. Um, what would you recommend to someone starting BBT for the first time? So, what would, like, where are the first steps? You'd say join the Facebook page and then kind of go from there, read about it first, do a little bit of research, and then um, go to your doctor. Yeah. Ask for an EpiPen. Yeah. Um, in Canada, you can. If you think that your doctor is going to give you a hard time about it, you can just go get an EpiPen from shoppers. Um, you don't need a prescription, but in the States, it's, it's different. Um, and I know that you can go, there's a place called, I think it's called Kiwi Pharmacy online where you can um, order EpiPens as well, if that's ever an issue. Um, yeah, get, get the EpiPens, start getting your supplies. Like even if you're not ready immediately, just start, you know, collecting everything that you need so that when you're ready, you can just start. Um, read the studies, read the testimonials, like, and continue to read them. Like, if you're going through a hard time, like, read these stories. They're incredible. Yeah, and there's such a support system now online and everything with that. Like, even through the Instagram, the stories people are sharing, the photos you're sharing. It's just really inspirational and motivational. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would say that. It's not not too complicated. And do you ever sting yourself? Do you think (laughs) well? Not yet. Um, yeah, maybe once I'm feeling a bit better and I, I move out, but I don't know when that will be and I don't want to push it again. I really want, I mean, sometimes I'm, it's hard living at home with your parents again <laughs> in your late 20s and feeling yeah. isolated in that way. Um, but at the same time, like, it's not going to be forever. And so I want to really like get strong and heal a lot before I try going on to something else like you know, working and, and moving out. Um, yeah. Just having that strong foundation first so you don't have to... Go backwards again. Yeah, yeah. Nothing can topple down. <laughs> yeah. So no, to answer your question, I don't... I'm not stinging myself right now. I'm lucky that my mom is able to sting me. Yeah. People do try to sting themselves. Is it just... How would they go about that? They just do it in a mirror? Yeah, you just have like a hand mirror in front of you and then um, like a full-length mirror behind you. And you can buy sting or tweezer extensions. So it's just like 
something that you attach to the tweezers so that it's longer and you just reach behind you and, and do it. It's really not that complicated. Okay. And there's a few people doing that. Okay. Wow. Yes, that is. It would definitely have to take some time building up to that, I think. It's empowering though. Like how cool that we get to like, you know. Oh yeah. And just like connecting with nature in that way too. Um, how do you find with the bees dying? I know that you shared a post about your perspective on that. Um, cause of course it is sad that the bees are passing after we use their stings. So what, um, can you share your perspective that you shared the other day over Instagram? Yeah. People ask, it's like one of the first questions people ask is like, are the bees dying? Because I mean, we're, we're in kind of a crisis right now and, and we want to save the bees. We don't want to kill them. But a few things that have helped me with that is like, A, I mean, if you eat meat, you can't really say anything <laughs> about killing bees. Like, just because you're the one doing it doesn't make it any different than you, like, eating eating meat. So there's, like, definitely, I mean, we don't have to actually kill the animals to eat them, so we don't see what's happening, but we, it, but it's okay to eat it. And then with bee venom, it's, like, we, we're actually doing the killing, so it's a lot more intimate. Um, but, you know, it's kind of the same thing. And... Yeah, it, it doesn't affect the health of the hive. Like, you really want to, that's the, the most important thing is, like, keeping hives healthy. Um, bees die every, like, four weeks. Like, there's a lot of natural death that occurs, like, in the hive. They don't live long lives. And taking, you know, a few bees from, from them, it really doesn't affect the actual health of the hive. So, in the long run, it doesn't, it doesn't impact, um, yeah, it doesn't have a big impact on them. Right. And I feel too, um, even though we are worried about, you know, bees are going instinct and like they are endangered, sorry. Um, the fact that now we need them more than ever, it's interesting how more and more people will are becoming aware and will become beekeepers. And the more that lives, the more people will turn to BVT. And it's interesting how um, this relationship has, has come at the time that it has. Mm -hmm. and also like through buying bees like through ed and stuff and like everyone else that are you know buying bees from beekeepers like you're also supporting them like they need they need support they need you to buy like their honey and they need you know money and stuff to keep doing what they're doing and like um I don't think that I would have been supporting beekeepers in this way if I wasn't you know doing bee venom therapy and I know a lot of people go on to become beekeepers later on and that is amazing and so yeah and also like you need to do what you what you have to do to survive yeah um, and if that means like some bees die like that's okay and also um we use up i think it's like three to four thousand bees within like the entire protocol of like three years and a queen bee lays like two to three thousand bees a day eggs a day so right like that yeah um and then for on a personal level, um, besides BVT, what are your favorite ways to sustain your well-being? So do you have like a morning routine or like an evening ritual that you really need to stick to? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say now that I'm feeling so much better, it's a lot more relaxed. Um, but when I first started uh, <laughs> even, I was super strict. I had a morning routine. I had to eat at a certain time every single day. Um, and I was so strict with my detoxing and um, because I was still very much in like that fear, like the fight or flight, like fear state. Um, so now I've been a lot more relaxed with it, but yeah, morning routines, um, for me, meditation is like a non-negotiable and journaling. I do that every day now, which I never did before. And it's been really helpful. Um, and I journal every night as well. Well, I do like a castor oil pack and like drink tea. <laughs> yeah. All those good things. Yeah, and Kundalini has been amazing for me because uh, when I couldn't get out of bed or do any any sort of physical activity or anything, I could do I could watch like Rama TV and do it from my bed, and I've just stuck with that, and I love it so much. You know how we were talking about all these different tools and that it can be so expensive to get out, and it's like breath is something that everyone has if you are alive, and like to yeah. use that um, as such a, a way to move your energy and. Mm -hmm release such a healing tool yeah and then I would also say like going for a walk so multiple times a day I will go outside and like get fresh air and, and get sunshine and stuff it's been so important um, yeah yeah and and at first it looked like 
I mean, I could barely like walk up and down the stairs, but eventually like when I could get out of bed, I would only do the stairs and then I'd only like go and step outside. And then the next day I'd go and walk like for two minutes and then come back in. And, and every day was different. I could do a little bit more. Some days, you know, I, I would have to do a lot less and, or I'd be back in bed. And so every day was like, was different and so many ups and downs, but, but doing what you can and doing the most that you can on each day is so important, especially like you were saying, without a schedule or routine or, yeah. Well, that's it too, right? You're kind of the only one holding yourself accountable. Like as much as your family's there, like no one is going to make you do anything. So it's really up to you to be your own healer and to have your own structure and be like, I want to do this and I want to get better. Yeah. 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 It's discipline and you really need that when you're healing as well. Yeah. What um, tips or tricks can you give to our listeners who are wanting to try BBT but are kind of frightened, confused, or skeptical about it? Mm -hmm. I would say talk to as many people that you can about it. Like if you're on Instagram, like find people that are doing it. There's a lot, a lot of us that are sharing about it, and um, for the most part, like we just want to to help and and share and yeah, just help help where we can. So I'd say talk to as many people as you can. Um, Like I said, read the testimonials. Yeah, I don't know. I'm from inside. Like, you need you need to be ready to do it, um, and no outside um, influence can can determine when when you're ready. And I certainly don't want to force people to do this. I kind of just want to share it, and then if, you know, if you hear, yeah, if it, it lands, it lands, and yeah, 100%. And if it doesn't resonate with you, let it flow by until maybe yeah. come back to it another time when it does. Yeah, don't push it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And lastly, what dreams or passions um, do you have in life now that you are kind of seeing the light to (laughs) the end of the tunnel? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's something that I'm still trying to uncover because, I mean, like you said, there's so much open space and I could do anything. And I I go through periods of time where I'm like, I want to do something that is completely unrelated to Lyme or illness. Like, I just don't want this to be part of my life. And then I mean, for the majority of time, I'm like, this is what I meant to do and to help people. And I'm not really sure what that looks like. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of pressure to to feel like you need to help all these people. But just starting somewhere, like I just started a website and blog. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell people where to find you? Sure. Uh, Well, my Instagram account is um, The Rose Wellness Co. And then my website will be at therosewellness.ca. Um, and I will share recipes and I share a bit about bee venom therapy, um, and I will get to writing my personal experience with it soon. Wonderful. That's so ex- I'm looking forward to that. And I will put all of your links in the show notes as well for everyone to have access to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Those are all the questions I have today. I know that we're running over time, but thank you so much for joining me and sharing and being so, so vulnerable with us today. That is not easy. So thank you. Thanks, Marina. Um, it's so great talking to you. And thank you for asking all those really thoughtful questions. Oh, of course. <laughs> we am so lucky that we have been building a network uh, and we have the support that we are in the age that we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really hope that you learn something or will pass it on to the limey in your life or will help you better understand them. If you feel like you need a little apotherapy in your own life, you can use the code GETSLOW10 to get 10% off your Beekeeper Natural products to stock your shelf for this winter season. It is an amazing antibacterial and viral tool to be proactive about your health and just to sustain your overall well-being. And it just is super yummy. So if you would like to get that code, I have put it in the show notes as well. And I wish you all a slow and sacred weekend. Take care. Thank you so much for slowing down with me today. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, Please rate and review it, hit the subscribe button, or share it with a friend or family member. Because the more people that we know can change their vibration, the more people we will have to shift the state of this world.
So thank you so much for tuning in and honoring your soul. And thank you so much for letting me honor mine. Take care.